You are listening to the audio from Grace Bible Church. This audio message is a recording from our Sunday morning worship service. We hope you enjoy. All right, church. Well, good morning again. If you will, open up your Bibles to Mark chapter 1, the Gospel of Mark chapter 1. And if you don't have your own copy of Scripture with you this morning, that's totally fine. You could grab a, a pew Bible in front of you. It's page 837 in the Pew Bible, 837. You know, church, we live in a culture that, comparatively speaking, is fixated on cleanliness and personal hygiene. Just consider the empirical evidence alone. Rarely does a commercial break come and go without an advertisement for some sort of cleaning product. Have, am I right? Have you noticed it? I mean, there's household cleaning products like Windex and Mr. Clean, and I'm Mr. Clean right here, Clorox, and Lysol, Pine Sol, Dawn, Pledge, Cascade. And then there's personal hygiene products like Dove and Dial and Irish Spring, Head and Shoulders, Pert Plus, Neutrozena, Neutrozena, whatever it is, uh, Zest. You're not fully clean unless you're zestfully clean. Yeah, see, they got us hook, line, and sinker, didn't they? There's also special multi-purpose products like Bounty, the Quicker Picker Upper, Swiffer, the Scrub Daddy Sponge, and of course the Sham Wow. And then there's even air fresheners like Febreze and Glade Plugins and Airwicks. I mean, needless to say, the market value for cleaning products in the U.S. ranks near the top of the list and continues to grow. And my question is, why? Why? In other words, why and when did Americans become so fixated with cleanliness that it's grown into a $75 billion industry? Well, for those of you that care, I did a little research on the subject. And I came across a New York Times article that provided a little bit of history on the subject. I, don't, I have no reason not to believe it's true, but I'll share with you what I found. Interestingly enough, Americans became increasingly concerned with cleanliness during the Civil War when they learned that the use of simple soap and water could significantly reduce military mortality. And so by the end of the war, cleanliness was seen as patriotic and progressive and distinctively American. And not to mention good hygiene and uh, had other virtues like marking a person's status and civility. The article notes, these ideas drew 19th century Americans to cleanliness, but it was advertising that kept them interested. And all these, year late, these years later, advertising still keeps us interested. And of course, there's nothing inherently wrong with having a vested interest in our personal hygiene and the cleanliness of our homes, right? I mean, after all, we should be good stewards of our bodies and the places that we reside. However, it does make me wonder, how many of us are just as interested in our spiritual hygiene? How many of us are just as concerned with the cleanliness of our hearts as we are the cleanliness of our homes? Because truth be told, at the end of the day, that's what matters most. You see, the Lord isn't nearly as concerned with your outside appearance as he is with your inside condition. David understood this when he wrote in Psalm 51.10, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Friends, David recognized that when push came to shove, being clean before the Lord and being cleaned by the power of the Lord was the only thing that mattered. 
But this morning, as we continue our study in the Gospel of Mark, we're going to see another vivid example of this reality. We're going to find a man in desperate need of the cleansing power of Christ. And it's through our study that we're going to be reminded that the same cleansing power that was available then is available now to anyone who asks for it. Does that sound like a plan? Let's, let's dive in. We're going to pray and we'll dive right in. Lord Jesus, thank you again for the opportunity to open up your word. And I do pray that you would help me through the power of your Holy Spirit to preach your word, God, with conviction, with truth, that you would use our time in your word to encourage us, to change us from the inside out, God, to clean us up, make us more like you. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, before we jump into today's text, I want to just provide you a little bit of context. Because in today's passage, we're going to be introduced to a man who had leprosy. One biblical authority noted that in the ancient world, leprosy was a horrid disease that had physical, social, and spiritual ramifications. You see, from a physical standpoint, leprosy began as these small red spots on the skin, which eventually turned white with a shiny, scaly appearance. Then the spots eventually spread all over the body, and then the joints of fingers and toes rotted away. Gums shrank, teeth were lost, hair fell out. The disease continued to eat away at a person's face until the nose and mouth and even the eyes decayed. Simply put, leprosy was a disease that consumed a person from the inside out. From a social standpoint, lepers were treated terribly. They were considered to be the outcasts of society who were quarantined because of their condition, unable to live among the rest of the people. In fact, a leper wasn't allowed to come within six feet of another human, including his or her family. And in some instances, a leper wasn't even allowed within 150 feet of somebody if the wind was blowing that day. They also had to dress like people who were in mourning for the dead because many people considered them to be the living dead. They were like the walking dead of the ancient world. When people were near them, the lepers had to cry out, unclean, unclean, as a warning. Not necessarily because leprosy was a highly contagious disease, but because of the spiritual implications. You see, from a spiritual standpoint, the Israelites used leprosy as a powerful object lesson for the debilitating and destructive power of sin in someone's life. And so needless to say, there were few things worse than being a leper in the ancient world which makes the leper's encounter with Jesus in today's passage so remarkable. So let's begin by reading the whole text, and then we'll break it down. Mark chapter 1, verses 40 through 45. Follow along with me. It reads, And the leper came to him, imploring him. And kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. And moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him, and he said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once. And he said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priests, and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for proof to them. But he went out and began to talk freely about it, and to spread the news, so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places, and people were coming to him from every quarter." You know, church, whenever someone gets a, a sickness or disease, they eagerly await the day when the physician looks at their chart and gives them a clean bill of health. Simply put, a clean bill of health is the assurance by the physician that your sickness or your disease is gone. It's the assurance that you're healthy and that your body is functioning correctly. And generally, following this pronouncement, there's a great sense of joy and relief that, and, and knowing that you've been restored to working order. How many of you guys have experienced that before? That clean bill of health. 
and the joy that comes with it. Well, as we see in today's passage, the great physician miraculously treated the leper and gave him a clean bill of health. But I want you to take note. This miraculous act didn't happen by accident. There were intentional, noteworthy actions taken by the leper that helped him experience the cleansing power of Christ. And we can learn a lot from his example. So found within today's passage are three ways a person can experience the cleansing power of Christ. Let's begin by looking at the first. Number one, come to Jesus. You got to come to Jesus. That's the first step. Look again at verse 40. And the leper, say this with me, came to him. I mean, to not state the obvious, this is the obvious, right? We got to come to Jesus. When Charlotte Elliott was in her early 30s, she suffered from a serious illness that left her weak and depressed and immobilized. She spent a large portion of the last 50 years of her life confined to her home. And early on in her illness, a well-known preacher named Caesar Malin of Switzerland came to visit her. And he asked her if she had peace with God. Facing many inner struggles and feelings of uselessness, she resented the question and she refused to talk about it. However, a few days later, she called the preacher and apologized. And she told him that she wanted to clean up her life first before becoming a Christian. And the preacher responded by saying, come just as you are. And that very day, she gave her life to Christ. Now, some years later, at age 45, Charlotte remembered those five words, which inspired her to write the beloved hymn, Just As I Am. Some of the words read this, Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and thou that biddest me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. I like verse 3. Just as I am, though tossed about, with many a conflict and many a doubt, fightings and fears within, without, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Church, this song was published in 1849. And since that day, tens of thousands of people have committed their lives to Christ during the playing of this hymn. Friends, I, I believe there's a lot of people who suffer from Charlotte Elliott Syndrome. Now, that's not a real syndrome. It's something that I made up, but, but follow with me. In other words, they think that they need to clean themselves up before coming to Jesus. They think that Jesus won't accept them just as they are. But this thinking couldn't be further from the truth. Look at Isaiah 119, or 118. This is the Lord talking. He says, come now. Come now. Let us reason together, says the Lord. He says, listen, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. You see, the Lord invites us to come to him just as we are, uncleanliness and all. But he also promises not to leave us where we are. Church, when we come to Jesus, we should expect to be changed by Jesus. I mean, that was the expectation of the leper, right? He knew that if anyone could make him clean, it would be Jesus. And so in desperation, he came. Now, it's worth noting how he came. And that's God. Save me from having to take off the top later. Okay. First, the leper came in humility. Look at verse 40 again. And the leper came to him, imploring him. Stop there. A story is told of a young couple who moved into a new neighborhood. And the next morning, while they were eating breakfast, the young woman looked out her window 
and saw her neighbor hanging her wash to dry. And she said to her husband, that laundry is not very clean. She doesn't even know how to wash her own clothes. She should use better laundry soap. And her husband looked on but remained silent. And every time their neighbor hung uh, her clothes to dry, the young woman repeated her observations and her complaints about the dirty laundry. One month later, the woman was surprised to see nice, clean wash on the line and said to her husband, Look, she finally learned how to wash correctly. I wonder who taught her this. And then her husband replied, I got up early this morning and I cleaned our windows. <laughs> you see, this woman was so self-absorbed and prideful, she couldn't even recognize her own uncleanliness. Church, the first step in coming to Jesus is leaving our pride aside. Just like the leper, we need to humble ourselves before Christ and recognize our need to be cleaned. James 4.6 says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the what? Humble. You see, the leper was in desperate need of a fresh outpouring of God's grace and his humble posture put him in a position to receive it. Notice the text says that the leper came to Jesus imploring him. Some of your translations say begging him. Friends, this is not the posture of someone who thinks they have it all together. It's the posture of someone who knows that they don't. I like what commentator R. Kent Hughes said. He said this, can you see your leprosy? Can you say unclean, unclean and really mean it? He said, I hope so. Because if you can, you're on the threshold of the kingdom. That was the leper. Second, the leper came in reverence. He came in reverence. Again, verse 40, the leper came to him imploring him and kneeling. In a parallel passage in Luke's gospel, it says that the leper fell on his face and cried out, Lord. I just want to give you a picture of this, okay? Like down on his face, crying out, Lord. This position and pronouncement suggests that the leper knew who he was talking to. He knew, at least to some degree, he knew that Jesus had special power and authority from God. And so therefore he approached him with the reverence and respect that he deserved. And church, in the same way, when we come to Jesus, we need to remember who we're coming to. We need to remember who we're coming to. Instead of approaching the Lord with flippancy, and disrespect or the sense of entitlement, we need to approach him remembering that he's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. He's the alpha, the omega, the beginning, the end, the great I am, the mighty God. Look at we are living in a world where sacredness is being thrown out the window. Am I right? And so if anyone's got to be different, it's got to be the church. And we need to come to Jesus with that reverence and respect that he deserves. I like what the advice of Teresa of Avila. She said, before prayer, endeavor to realize whose presence you are approaching and to whom you are about to speak, keeping in mind whom you are addressing. It's good advice. Third, the leper came in faith. Again, verse 40. leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling, said to him, if you will, you can make me clean. Church, in ancient times, there was no cure for leprosy. And no one ever just got better. The leper came to Jesus having the faith. Listen, 
He came to Jesus having the faith that he could literally do the impossible. He came to Jesus believing that he is able. And so he boldly presented his request to Jesus and trusted him with the results. Again, our prayers should follow a similar pattern. We need to come to Jesus with a faith and confidence that he is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask for or imagine. We need to come to Jesus believing there is nothing impossible with God. We need to come to Jesus with a boldness in our prayer requests, trusting him with the results. F.B. Meyer said the greatest tragedy of life is not unanswered prayer, but unoffered prayer. Billy Graham said, heaven is full of answers to prayers for which no one ever bothered to ask. I think he's right, don't you? Friends, let me encourage you. Don't be afraid to ask God to do the impossible in your life. Don't sell God Almighty short on his capabilities. Jesus said in Mark 9, 23, all things are possible for one who believes. And last time I checked, all means all. Now this doesn't mean that God will always answer yes to our prayers. That's his business. But it does mean that we, like the leper, should come to Jesus with a great faith and confidence that he is able. Hebrews 4.16 says it best. Let us then with, read this with me. Confident. You didn't sound very confident. So we try it again. It's always the second time. It's always better than the first. I understand. Let us then, good enough, draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. This leads us to the second way to experience the cleansing power of Christ. So first, we've got to come to Jesus. Number two, we've got to count on Jesus. Look at verses 41 and 42. Moved with pity. He stretched out his hand and he touched him and he said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was made clean. You know, a number of years ago, an American documentary series called Hoarders debuted. Anybody in here, your guilty pleasure is sitting around binge watching Hoarders? You're not admitting it, but you're in here somewhere. The show depicts the real-life struggles and treatment of people who suffer from compulsive hoarding disorder. And each episode profiles one or two people who are literally buried by their symptoms, and an intervention takes place to help them clean up their homes and consequently their lives. You see, people who suffer from compulsive hoarding disorder find themselves in an impossible situation. They have a disease that they cannot overcome by their own strength and power. And so therefore, they count on this special outside intervention to help them achieve the cleanliness they desire. Well, this is kind of where we find the leper, isn't it? He counted on the power of Jesus to provide the physical and spiritual cleansing that he could never provide for himself. And, all, and as we see in these verses, Jesus didn't let him down. In fact, we learn several important characteristics about Christ that should serve as an encouragement to our souls. First, we learn that Jesus cares about our mess. He cares. The phrase, moved with pity, implies more than just feeling sorry for someone, church. It implies a gut-wrenching compassion. It describes the type of empathy that rises from deep within the human body. Jesus literally felt pain over the leper's condition. 
And do you know what? He feels the same compassion for you. He does. Jesus feels compassion when you're overwhelmed with burdens. Jesus feels compassion when you're overcome with struggles. He feels compassion when you're overtaken by sickness. He feels compassion when you are overrun by things that just make you unclean. Church, the Lord Jesus sees you, and he feels you, or feels for you, I should say, and he hurts for you, and he cares deeply about you. Hebrews 4.15 says, We do not have a high priest, talking about Jesus, who is unable to sympathize with our weakness but one who is in every respect tempted as we are yet without sin. Second, we learn that Jesus isn't afraid to come close to our mess. He comes close to our mess. Christ's compassion for the leper wasn't just internal, it was external. It led him to take action. It says he stretched out his hand and he touched him. Which was like, I mean, think about it. Lepers couldn't even go near people. Couldn't even go with so this leper was bold. He went right, right up close to Jesus. That was a no-no. But never would anyone ever touch a leper. But Jesus, he, Jesus can't be contaminated by anything. He only purifies. And so he stretched out his hand. He touched him. You see, far from being repulsed by the leper, Jesus did what no man had ever done before. He reached out and he touched the leper. And here's, here's some practical application for you. Friends, if you are here this morning thinking that you're too far gone or that you've messed up too much or that you're just too dirty to be made clean by Jesus, the leper is proof that you're not. No one is outside the reach of Christ. Third, we learn that Jesus was the only one powerful enough to clean up our mess. Only Jesus can do it. He said, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was made clean. You know, one of the most often quote, quoted phrases that claims to come from the Bible but isn't found anywhere in the Bible is God helps those who help themselves. You ever hear that before? It's not in the Bible. But the truth of the matter is that Scripture teaches the exact opposite. God helps the helpless. He helps people who recognize they cannot help themselves. And this is especially true when it comes to the human condition. You see, even though we today may not suffer from the disease of leprosy, all of us suffer from the disease of sin. All of us do. In fact, the disease of sin is what makes us unclean in the eyes of God. It's not how we look on the outside, it's what's happening on the inside that makes us unclean in the eyes of God. H.A. Ironside notes, great preacher and Bible commentator, Bible teacher H.A. Ironside years ago, but he, he says this. He said, Every unsaved soul is afflicted with this dread disease and is unclean in the sight of God. A man was not a leper because he had horrible ulcers and other sores on his body. These were but evidences of the disease within. And a man is not a sinner because he sins. He sins because he's a sinner. And as such, he is corrupt constitutionally. And then he says, only the power of the Lord can give deliverance. Friends, by way of reminder for most of you, but maybe this is new news for some of you, it's for this reason God sent his son Jesus. 
Romans 5, 6 for, says, for our, while we were still weak, helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. He didn't die for, for those that were clean. He died for the unclean, which is all of us. Friends, 2,000 years ago, Jesus was born as a man, and he lived a perfect life, and he died on a cross, and three days later, he rose from the grave, and his death and burial and resurrection makes it possible to be cleansed from your sins and be given the eternal life in Christ. As the old hymn says, Christ hath regarded my helpless estate and hath shed his own blood for my soul. He's the only one powerful enough to make a person spiritually clean. And if this is new news to you this morning, listen, to receive this spiritual cleansing, all you need to do is follow in the footsteps of the leper. You must call on Jesus for cleansing and count on Jesus to come through for you. And I'll let you in on a little secret. All right, this is free advice, free secret. Take it home, don't have to pay for it. God never, never says no to someone who calls on him for spiritual cleansing. Not going to happen. He will never say no. If you come to him and say, Lord, I want to be clean. I want to be made new. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to be forgiven for my sins. He'll never say no to that prayer. 1 Corinthians 6.11 says, but you were cleansed. You were made holy. You were made right with God. How? By calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. Likewise, Romans 10.13 says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. God delights to say yes to those who call on him. And this leads us to the third way to experience the cleansing power of Christ. We count on Jesus, come to Jesus, we got to count on Jesus. Number 3, comply with Jesus. Look at verses 43 and 44. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once. And said to him, see that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priests and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. So let me explain something to you, church. When, when a person is spiritually cleansed by Christ, they are permanently changed. doesn't mean that you're not going to have struggles in life and sin issues along the way. That's all part of the process of growing in, in the Lord, right? But scripture says that when, a, when somebody is cleansed by Christ, they're a new creation. The old is gone, the new has Come. It's kind of like a, a newly remodeled house. The inside structure is completely transformed. However, even though there's a permanent change on the inside, if a person doesn't keep up with their newly remodeled house, it's only a matter of time before the quality of their newly remodeled house goes down the tubes a little bit. For example, you can remodel your house. But if you don't regularly clean your house, if you're a hoarder, or if you don't regularly dust or vacuum or pick up after yourself and maintain order, it doesn't take very long for your house to become a mess again. Yes? And it's for this reason that after a person is cleansed spiritually by Christ, we're called to live a life of compliance to Christ. We're called to keep up with our cleanliness. Now, don't mistake me. I'm not saying keep up to, to remain saved. Once we're saved, once we're remodeled from the inside out, that's it. It's permanent. It's over. We are saved. And we have assurance of salvation. But again, if, if I'm not picking up my house, I'm not really experiencing the fullness of the salvation this side of heaven that I could have in Christ. 
And so we're called to keep up with our cleanliness through obedience. Like obeying what Jesus tells us to do. That's how we experience his best life for us this side of heaven. You know, I find it interesting that one of the very first things that Jesus told the leper to do after he was cleansed was to obey the law of God. Think about that. You are cleansed, now go do this. According to the Old Testament law, if a leper was cured, he or she needed to go to a priest to be examined, and a certain ceremony was performed. Interestingly enough, since lepers were never healed, the priest would have never performed this ceremony before. They would have to like, look up the procedure, how it was done. They'd have to go back in the books and be like, wait a second. Like, oh yeah, there it is. Needless to say, if the leper had followed through with what Jesus had asked him to do, it would have been a strong witness. It would have given God glory. However, instead of following through with Christ's command to keep quiet and go straight to the priest, the leper did the exact opposite. Look at verse 45. It says, but he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but it was but was out in desolate places, and people were coming to him from every quarter. See, church, listen, undoubtedly, undoubtedly the leper had good intentions, right? I mean, he was excited. He was telling people about Jesus. Oh, look what Jesus did for me, right? And in our minds, like, that's okay, that's, that's pretty good. That's a good thing. And I'm sure that to some degree, God was glorified as he was telling, them, telling all these people about what Jesus did. However, it's interesting that his disobedience, even if it was well-meaning, hindered the work of Christ's ministry. It's just interesting, right? So, so for that reason, it's important that we as followers of Christ need to make sure that we're, we're doing what he wants us to do, not what we want to do, even if it's done in his name. We should never think that our plans are better than God's plans. Jesus said in Luke eleven twenty eight, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. And so, as I bring things to a close, I just want to ask this question. In what area of your life do you need the cleansing power of Christ? What area of your life do you need the cleansing power of Christ? Do you need to be cleansed from your sin? And receive the gift of eternal life. Jesus can do that. 1 John 1.7 says the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Do you need to be cleansed from a life of guilt and shame and regret? Jesus can do that too. Romans 8.1 says there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Do you need to be cleansed from living a life of disobedience? Doing things your way instead of God's way? Jesus can do that. 1 John 1, 9 says, if you confess your sins, he's faithful, he's just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Friends, whatever area of cleansing you need today, Jesus can make it happen. And so let me encourage you to follow in the footsteps of the leper. At least step one and step two. You probably don't want to follow in step three where you straight up disobey Jesus. That, we'll leave that. That's the leper, you know, he, he's still a little crazy there. But anyway, at least the first two steps, right? Come to Jesus. And count on him to make you clean. And he will. In fact, Jesus invites us to come to him. He says, come to me. All who are weary and burdened. And I will give you rest.
How about it, amen? I'd like to invite the praise team and the prayer team to come forward. We're going to close with singing one more song. If you need prayer after the service, the prayer team will be up here by the stage. Instead of working your way out, you can work your way up. Let me just pray over you this morning that whatever area of cleansing you need, that you would, you would receive it today. The Lord is willing to give it to you. You just have to come to him and ask. Lord God, thank you for this amazing account of the leper. Thank you, Lord, that you are not afraid to get into our mess. Lord, thank you that you love us just as we are, but you're unwilling to leave us as we are. You desire to change us and make us more like your son. And God, this morning, undoubtedly, we've all come here with something that we need cleaned up in our lives. And I pray that if there are those here this morning that have never placed their faith in you, that have never been cleansed from their sins once and for all, Lord, that this morning they would say, oh, Lord, I want that. I believe in the person and work of Jesus Christ. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. And thank you for the forgiveness of sin that you offer. If there's anyone here, God, may they pray that today. God, if there's anyone here that just needs cleansing from like maybe this ongoing sin issue they just can't seem to shake, help them to confess their sins and believe that you are faithful and just to forgive them and cleanse them from all unrighteousness. Lord, if there's anyone here today that just needs, uh, they're being attacked by the enemy because the enemy's throwing them all these lies of guilt and shame and regrets and feeding them all this nonsense that, that is untruth, would you clean them up of that too? Help them not to believe that lie. Father God, we're all like the leper in one way or another. We're all unclean, and we're so thankful. We're so thankful that the power of Christ can cleanse us. So Lord, help us to receive that cleansing today, and I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Grace Bible Church. For more information about our church and our ministries, you can visit gracebiblepa.com.